0: Hello, Heron. Hello, Tom. I think I need a new computer to do this Skype thing. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I now have a frozen beach ball. Oh, it's gone back to the arrow. Very good. Yeah, no, I was waiting. How old is it? 2011. Mid-model.
1: You you definitely need a new computer. Yes,
0: I think I will uh, allocate a little money. What are you going to get? Probably another MacBook Pro. I mean, this one's done me okay. It's four years old, and it's still okay. So yeah
1: yeah sounds well I would do a little waiting. There's a lot of stuff supposedly coming, so uh, I thought it's all been it was all announced in September, right? Well, uh, there are other talk. I mean, well, you know, who knows, just rumor shit, but
0: yeah, uh, yeah, Well, whatever, you know so it's been a I think a week or two since we last recorded. well, it's been two weeks since we last recorded, at least I think could be. And uh, I completely erased my notes from last week, but I've kind of put in a dot point which should cover some of that. Do you have any topics you'd like to raise? Well, just
1: one. I, I had a milestone today, and I finally broke 170 pounds. Oh, congratulations. And uh started at 240. Yes. Yeah, two years ago. Yes. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and... Um, was it
0: chocolate cake and ice cream? What, how did you celebrate this milestone, Heron?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I didn't do
1: anything, really. I just... I, I, I noted it in my journal. Very good. <laughs> That's it. So future yeah.
0: generations will celebrate on this day as being the Heron Stone 170 breaking point.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even remember when I was 100 under 170. Mm. I mean, it's it's been... Probably forty years, right? You know, I was one eighty for quite a while, mm. and that's not that bad. But yes. uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, but you know, I'm beginning to pay a psychological price for this. I've been waiting for
0: this to show uh, up. The blood sugar brain.
1: Well, I stuff. don't know what it is. Yes. You know? I mean, there's lots of explanations. You know, when yeah. you upset stuff, <laughs> you know, and I sort of have uh, a kind of a cold. Uh, So, I'm not really, you know, I did a sort of half assed workout today. uh, And, and, um, you know, but that's, you know, that's uh, in with my saying that if something's worth doing, it's worth doing half assed. Yeah,
0: most definitely. (laughs) You know, I think that's our podcasting motto, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It could be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah, I feel. Yeah, I don't feel very good. I don't feel bad. You sound a little
0: sniffly. You do sound a little sniffly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I do. Yeah, there's something physical going on. Um, Hmm.
0: I've been a little sniffly today as well, but I'm attributing it probably more to... We had rains yesterday, and I think the pollen count has just, like, shot off the charts today. Ah, yeah. So... Yeah, I have
1: no idea what this is. Uh, Like I said, I've sort of been expecting some psychological repercussions from this for a long time. You know, I mean, I've been sort of surprised that, you know, that it's gone as smoothly as it has. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it's not so smooth right now. Mm.
0: Yeah, I attribute actually being thin to getting sick really easily. I mean, the times in my life where I've been really, really right thin, like where you can see – you know, bones and places where bones really shouldn't be seen. That typically I attribute to periods of time where I've gotten really, really sick as well. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's a great way to lose weight. Yeah, <laughs> stiff, No, 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 no. I've awesome. been thin and then I've gotten sick, basically. And yeah, I've, I've had. Well, I've done, I mean, that's happened to me a couple of times. Yeah. And of
1: course, I put the weight right back on. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. 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 It's um. Well, it's just uh, it's just a, an interesting place to be, and I'm I'm hoping, like I say, I'm uh, you know I'm just not up, you mm-hmm. know, like I normally am, you know? mm-hmm. and I was sort of waiting to see how I'd react to getting on here and drinking a glass of wine and smoking a little vitamin M and see mm-hmm. <laughs> how that affects
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> well, both those things are medicinal, right? So you're you're doing well in terms of your medicinal intakes. Well, I think so. Very good. (laughs) Our audience will vote and tell you how you improve through the recording based on these medicinal intakes. Okay. So you have no more topics aside from being a little under the weather and reaching this wake milestone? Um, No. Very good. Very good. I was interviewed probably between our last recording and now by a fellow who introduced himself associated with a... He's got a podcast for introduction to podcasting. And he interviewed me, and I didn't have an opportunity to listen to his podcasts previously. And I answered a number of questions like how do you monetize your podcasts? And, you know, these kind of questions very, very, not negatively, but just Well, explaining. not that those are questions that yeah. people want to know. exactly. Yeah. But I explained to him quite clearly that I don't monetize my podcasts. I've had remarkable success associated with Model Rail Radio, perhaps because I don't monetize my podcasts. And, um, yeah, folks that try to monetize their podcasts, particularly starting out with the view that they're going to monetize yeah. their podcasts,
1: well, there there gonna... are, what, a half a dozen of them in the world oh, that no. actually do well, that? This is what. I Well, no, but I mean that actually make any.
0: Oh, yes. No, that's exactly the point.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah it, a lot of people try. But <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, another point. Do you
1: know what the figures are? I mean, like, how many people make more than, say, 30,000 a year?
0: Uh, I think you could count it probably, maybe on two hands.
1: Maybe on two yeah. hands. Yeah. Yeah, so that's about right. So anyway, having done this interview, which
0: lasted... <laughs> and how many podcasts are there? Thousands. <laughs> having done this interview, which lasted about 20, 25 minutes, I then went back and listened to his back catalogue, and I'm like, he's never, ever, ever going to release this podcast. There's no way he's ever going to release my words. And I have the audio recorded. So my thought... Oh, and Oh, good. So yeah, well, yeah thought-
1: you can listen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I might just put it up on the Stone Facebook page for a few days and let... People digest yeah. the audio, and then we'll see how it goes there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's incentive for folks to join the Stone Age Facebook page. I right? think.
1: Yeah. He. Um, well, why? Why are you so convinced after listening to stuff? These other podcasts. Because
0: not- his other podcasts are associated with people that have monetized podcasts.
1: Okay, it's that's what it's about. It's about apparently making so. a living doing. Yeah, podcasts. and
0: because he sells his. Consultancy services associated yeah. with producing podcasts and things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Sure. That's his deal. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think this is going to be the goof reel. So he might look, he may, he may buck the trend of his prior recordings and actually. Well, yeah. And what I found actually in the past, cause I, I have participated in a previous podcast like this. It was heavily edited to the point where it wasn't even sentence coherent. Like the guy <laughs> cut so much stuff that it, I, I sounded yeah. like a gibbering idiot, which. True is possible. Yeah, in this case was not. You don't need to sound like one. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you can put my whole audio in and get that effect. But yeah, it was one of these curious experiences where I thought I'm. And this follows into another topic very neatly. I'm relatively naive associated with these kind of interactions, and I guess my general hope is that you know things are on the up and up. We we might as well treat these things with. A certain degree of positivity, because if we went in with negativity, we probably wouldn't participate.
1: Well, I'm working towards a world where money isn't even an issue. Yes. You know, so, I mean, you know, I've got enough money to live.
0: I don't need money from this. Yes. That's the point that I made as well. That's, in fact, exactly the point that I made, that I'm, you know, I don't even like talking about how. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it is
1: something to consider. I mean, it. You know, I mean, maybe it is something to consider, but...
0: What, you mean like making money through podcasts? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly a
1: possibility. Well, who knows? I mean, it's just... But that's it. It's just one more consideration. Yeah.
0: I, I think the form of podcasting is now being satirized. I read an article posted actually by a fellow I met in Portland, who's one of the former Model Railroader magazine folk who's now a part of the podcasting fraternity, and uh, he posted an article associated with one of these podcast conventions. There have been more than a decade of podcast conventions. Oh, really? With they have the ticket price of like, you know, $500 to $1,000. Oh, really? And okay,
1: people, and so they've got a bunch of seminars where people exactly, tell you how you're going to get rich. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's all the seminars
0: are about. <laughs> and obviously the speakers have paid their fees and then everyone goes home and some people are happy and other people get frustrated and leave podcasting. Yeah, yeah, So stuff.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, 95% of them. Without question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so those guys are making their money. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah. So, yeah, it's getting portrayed in the media kind of like a pyramid scheme, which I think, I mean, historically, I've worked against this, and the first guy that interviewed me associated with this podcast 411 got the name of Rob Walsh who worked for or probably still works for a company called Libsyn that charges monthly fees for people that want to host their podcasts. Yeah. So, sure.
1: Well, if you don't know anything about anything, <laughs> and you don't want to learn anything about anything, then
0: yeah. you, and you've got and, money, to, and
1: you've got the money, yeah.
0: then why not? Yeah. Well, that's the way it operates. Yeah. So, so this naivety that I feel interacting in these circumstances has come up with regards to the local community. Oh yeah, yeah. Dealing with Homo sapiens, Jesus. Yeah. I I just yeah. never. It's realized always a problem. For I me. never realized. I guess I probably did because I'm constantly, barrage under a barrage of political Facebook crap. Yeah. That this is actually what people believe. Like, people actually get up in the morning, puts on their socks and shoes, and go out, and they're Republicans, or they're Democrats, and they're not, they don't <laughs> yeah. have to think. It's and they thankful. know what the fuck exactly. reality is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway... <laughs> the, the local community, and look, there is a, there is a serious homeless problem in our area. Not quite as bad as downtown LA, but you know, an, an, no, same. it's it's a problem. Yeah, yeah, well, it's an increasing problem worldwide. It's a bring, yeah. well, in this area, it's increasing. Yeah. by you know, fifteen hundred people a year. That's oh, the my, increase in yeah. homeless
1: in our area. Fifteen hundred. Yeah. yeah. So, in in just in in what San, San Jose. Jose? Yeah. yeah. And most of them are within three blocks of you.
0: That's exactly the thing. (laughs) In fact, there used to be a large homeless encampment that housed about uh, 450 people called the Jungle. And the only time I've ever seen police in the neighbourhood, there were maybe 16 police cars and officers, and they rounded them all up and they kicked them out. Well, guess what? They're back. with more. (laughs) And a guy was murdered there a month ago. And, of course, the police kind of came in slightly after the fact and did a brief investigation. But... I hosted the monthly Neighbourhood Action Meeting and, um in fact, it was it was literally the Monday after the, start, the last Stonate recording, because I talked about hosting the uh, Neighbourhood Action Meeting. It turns out that the homeless facility that they're going to be building wasn't actually a homeless facility up until that Neighbourhood Action Meeting. And at that Neighbourhood Action Meeting, they announced it as a homeless facility, which was a 30-minute presentation. They took no written consultation from the community and... um on the Monday, this was the Wednesday, on the Monday following, they got a check for $15 million to build this homeless facility. <laughs> now, you can buy a lot of police for $15 million, and they didn't buy any police. All this- got New Mercedes. Yeah. Well, I, it's very <laughs> interesting, actually. You keep your friends close and your enemies even closer. And I'll conclude this discussion with that reference. Yeah. So I uh, we were in a correspondence. See, I just don't get why you even bother. Well, that's a, that's a running theme here, Heron. And yeah. my perspective is I've, I've considered throughout this circumstance. Yeah, it building, just seems
1: to get worse all the time.
0: Well, yes, it does. It, <laughs> you know, and I
1: don't see any pro unless you're re- really willing to devote yourself to this thing. Yes. I mean, it could be, you know, it, it could if you decided. That you were going to be responsible for making it happen. Well, fiscally, but
0: a big job. <laughs> fiscally, I've actually decided to make a commitment to this process, mainly because through working through this, I've realised that everyone. Well, okay, we've got a we've got a board of six people. or we had a board of six people in this this community in this organization. organization. Yeah. Yes, uh, there's the president, and I'm the vice president, and there's a treasurer, and the secretary no longer is part of the thing. And then there are what they call the board at large, which are previous board members that have held seats that are announced as part of the board. Yeah. It turns out, and we have a local council. And do people show up at meetings? Yeah. Well, at the meeting I hosted, not many people showed up. How many? Uh, probably. Well, it's interesting because the, the people that are building <laughs> the homeless facility and their people accounted for about six people of a meeting of maybe 18 at most. Oh, well, that's not
1: bad. I mean, it's yeah, something. yeah, it's something. It's yeah. something, and uh, so well, so the main thing is to is to make contact with those
0: people. Well, that's I mean, that I mean. that's yeah. the network. That's that's all you've got to, to understand what's actually going on. Yeah. So it turns out next year is an election year, and our local council member had a whole lot of backdoor dealings with the people building the homeless facility and rammed of this thing through with no community consultation. Here's the interesting thing in our city. There are uh, eleven Democrats, one Republican, and one Independent. That's the council members, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's basically run by the Democrats
1: completely. <laughs> Sounds like it's run
0: by the Republicans <laughs> with one Republican, and well, no, that's well, big, no, but I mean the the way they're acting. My perspective is there's absolutely no difference between the political parties I, in this country. I'm they sorry. both operate the same way. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. so it turns out. The president used to be a Democrat. She isn't anymore. She appears to be an independent. I'm vastly independent. And the rest of the board are Democrats. So when I started raising concerns and the president started raising concerns, we're the only two board members that actually walk in the neighborhood as well. So we know where the local homeless encampments are. We see them grow. We see them out sparring and fighting near the freeway and all this kind of stuff. We actually go there. We walk past them, you know. We yeah. interact with them. The rest of the board don't do that. But here's the strange thing: they are all card-carrying Democrats. So when this thing came up, they all went absolutely silent. And it was only the president and I who had anything against this. And everyone else kind of sheepishly backed away from doing anything about the circumstance. And um, yeah, it's, I, 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 you, and you find this uh, this is puzzling to me. No, mysterious. no, no. This indi- this indicates to me. And I try to come out here. Maybe look to most of our listeners. I clearly don't appear fully baked, but on this issue, I was really, really, really naive because I didn't realise. And
1: the, the issue being homelessness,
0: you mean? No, the issue. The well, issue I, of this I've educated shelter. myself. Yeah, I've educated myself with regards to the homelessness in this yeah. community. No one on the board, other than the president and I, did that. No one did any background research. I was naive that. Even a democratic councilman who was going for re-election, who didn't need the feedback from the community and faked the feedback on the community, that I would have a group of independent thinkers on the board with me that would be able to say, this isn't right, let's fix it. Instead, a majority were completely silent. One of them who... Clean on your board. On our board, on the, on the community board. <laughs> it one of them. One remotely of
1: them, like my story in the choir. Yeah, no,
0: exactly. In fact, <laughs> one of them resigned because she said that basically the president and I had misrepresented the board, even though we were talking as individuals. One of them, and both her and another woman on the board, talked to the local council member and kept him appraised with all the details so he could send snarky emails to us all saying, oh, now someone's resigned. Ha, 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 ha. And it made me... It, it was just compl- And I, could, I said to him in one email, you're being completely childish associated with this. It's like, you know, ridiculous. So...
1: Yes. my pro- probably... There's a Bible verse about exactly. being his little children. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
0: So what I found really strange is it, it makes me feel... I mean, these are the only people that are proactive in our community... And they're all shields for the local political party.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And they're not interested in doing anything. Nope. And these you are the people it. that attend these meetings. I mean, I can't even get, a, like, a grassroots from a local are Well, what do, we say?
1: what do I keep saying? You know, my audience is, like, less than 5%. Yeah. You know, and I think that's pretty fair, actually. Yeah. 5% yeah. of people are, you know, able to look deeply into issues. And I think a good portion of them are lying as well. Um, well, whatever, you yes. know, but, but if they can do a convincing lie, I'm a sucker for a good story, so.
0: You most certainly are.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: no, I just can't believe how naive I was here, that I was yeah. actually moving amongst people that were independent yeah. entities. Yeah. And it's made me realize, actually, that I should stop focusing or even interacting. Well, it's their with. story. Exactly. And it's more than a story. I mean, well, it's well, interesting Well, get, it, it gets
1: it. turned into more than a story yes. once they uh, Im- embody it. Yeah, yes. then they
0: embrace it and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It's it's just fucking insane,
1: man. <laughs>
0: yeah. And the funny thing through this is that all the institutional parts of this, in parallel to this, I've been giving money to the local community center in order to nominally connect the internet and buy computers. Yeah. I've given more than $2,000. Have,
1: and have they actually bought anything with it? They
0: can't even connect the fucking internet. They've spent two and a half months... Not being able to connect the internet. Well, why don't you do that for them? Because I'm not allowed in there unless I get tuberculosis testing and fingerprinting. <laughs> you cannot believe how crazy this thing is.
1: Oh, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tom, listen, you definitely have stick to Yes.
0: <laughs> For at least a
1: year, I think. I, I yeah. would have been out of there so long ago. Yeah.
0: I think it's, uh, look, my view is that while it maintains humor, <laughs> and I know we have people like uh, Paul Brian Hancock in Hong Kong, who have very fixed views mm-hmm. that this whole thing is just a complete waste of my time, and even a complete waste of air time on Stone Ape.
1: But yes. Well, I don't think it's a complete a- a waste of airtime. This is what we're dealing with on yes. this planet. Yeah. This, so oh, this, exactly. this is the vast majority yeah. of what's going on on the planet, yeah. Right yeah. Yeah, this is important stuff.
0: Yeah. So I'm also giving money to the people building the local homeless shelter as well to get their documents because they won't communicate them otherwise. <laughs> to which my wife said, What the fuck? And I said, It's better than bombing Syria.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, which, you got that. Which is yeah, my new. argue with that. Yeah, like pay <laughs> a federal income tax and have it go to bombing Syria, yeah. bombing children and mothers in exactly. Syria. Exactly. Yeah. You know what's particularly fascinating about this? This humanitarian bombing effort has created vast, vast numbers of human beings that got the fuck out, and yeah. people are stunned by this. I almost yeah. think that the military generals. Need to have forced billets. Syrian refugees need to live with the generals. Ah,
1: yeah, yeah, give them some perspective on what's going on in the world here.
0: When Mustafa (laughs) is using your restroom at midnight with his seven kids, you can start to realize that by bombing some part of the world, you can (laughs) fuck up entire ecosystems.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's well,
1: yeah. Like I said, I still, it seems to me we're at least 20 to 30 years away from any kind of real awakening, you know. Yes.
0: Well, now I'm dealing with the generations that have to die in order to see progress. I'm concerned about my generation, Heron. I mean, this is, this, I have to take ownership here of my generation. Your generation's already fucked everything up. Yeah. I think my generation is close. Well, not to everybody. Well. well. The, <laughs> the majority. Yes, the, the vast majority. majority. Yes. And the funny thing is, look. So there's, Well, but that's true of everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is right yeah. now. There's a local fellow in the community who I was interested in befriending, and I've actually introduced him to Ape and a bunch of other things. And, you know, these are the kind of people that I would seek hope in. And I went over and I talked with him, and I said, isn't it astonishing that, you know, the mayor of this city used to be the representative of our area. And you look at our area, nothing done, no improvements, and the guy who was here is now the mayor. Does that not point to institutional corruption? To which this fellow said, looking off into the distance, starry-eyed, I actually like our mayor. And I thought to myself, okay, this unfortunately is what it is. What I wanted to float as potentially, and I'm going to use the word the here, the main topic for this evening, (laughs) was imprinting false memories. And when I had this conversation, I, I do occasionally detest content with my spiritual
1: awareness. Wait I mean, Aren't all memories false well, memories? This is
0: where it gets <laughs> Okay, never mind. I'll let it go. Because my... Well, I agree. I agree, <laughs> actually. But when you get really, really demonstrably false memories... Oh, yeah. ...that appear to be imprinted mainly through... <laughs> I mean, my own experience, and I've gone back and actually found a few of these through the week, is... An attempt to find cohesion in incohesion.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: But the ready. No matter little- how outrageous exactly. it is. Yeah. <laughs> and completely temporarily wrong and a wide variety of things. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it made me think, particularly associated with Gendo, or what I prefer to call Estonian philosophy. I wish you'd call it Gendo. Well, Gendo is something, but then you've got your future and you've got various other things which don't really fit into Gendo. That's right. There are many
1: things that don't fit into Gendo, but most of this stuff is squarely at the heart
0: of Gendo. Well, let me point... Let me offer this idea. Aside from having a story, there seems to be not necessarily an inertia within the story, but a need for the story to have a degree of coherence. Which I think... Well, but not for everybody. Uh, people, yeah. Yes, yeah. Clearly.
1: Are, people are quite comfortable with pretty bizarre Miraculous stories. religions, and yes.
0: yes. Uh, but I guess that improves, <laughs> or that gives them a sense of coherence, where obviously... Certain, certain, yeah,
1: you can take yeah. that, yeah, and use that to bind it all together. Mm. Everybody hates you.
0: Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you <laughs> Works must... Every track. Works every time. Works every time. And it's interesting, actually, because I think when... You know, I, again, pointing to this naivety thing, the number of false stories that I have been able to discover through, you know, relatively simple, it's almost like... stories that you grew up with. No, these are stories that have happened in my adult life, which actually, and here I... Stories that you have been telling or other people have been telling? Well, I recorded a short funk recently associated with an experience that my wife and I had in the UK And then looking up this information while I was doing the editing on the short funk, I realized it could never have happened. But here's the funny thing. I talked to my spiritual advisor as well, and she remembers it happening too. Yeah. Yeah, well, so
1: something's going on there.
0: (laughs) Well, I suspect we probably have talked about it, and we've talked about it sufficiently that it's become a thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's identifiable now.
0: And when when you hit these kind of things, I mean, I guess there's a percentage of the population that just doesn't care.
1: Well, and the vast majority.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's almost like it's an additional... In fact, they, that's why they have the TV
1: on all the exactly. time. Exactly. So they don't have to yeah. listen to that voice. Yeah. That's really unsettling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that damn voice. Yeah. <laughs> but it's almost, and I put this out to our listeners, I would encourage our listeners to try at various points in their life where they think they have a coherent story, actually exploring that as a potential false story. Um, just doesn't act well. Yeah, yeah. Exercise. Well,
1: that yeah. If you've got any kind of coherent story, then it's clearly flawed.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Talking it's about ignoring spirit- a whole bunch of stuff Certainly. that that uh, just doesn't conveniently fit in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> talking with my spiritual advisor about this, we came we got into the topic of how intentionally false stories are presented. I think the media does this with such frequency that that is certainly the position that I started, this analysis, because all we're told through the media seems to be strange and conflicting stories. See, I don't pay much attention to that.
1: So, I mean, I just assume it's all a bunch of bullshit. Why would anybody pay any attention to
0: that? I do it purely for my own amusement because it's so Mm. incoherent (laughs) that, you know...
1: Yeah, I don't find it amusing. I find it quite disturbing. Well,
0: yes, of course, it moves from amusing to disturbing. And in my perspective, i the only way I deal with disturbing is by, you know, creating, or well, in most cases, creating humor around it. I mean, that's a yeah. large part of this recording. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah... When you start questioning everything that you have been presented and even (laughs) everything that you've presented yourself. Everything. Yes. It's questioning. Yeah, Yeah. That's, that's the beginning of,
1: you know, of beginning to wake up is when you can actually get that you gotta start all over from the very fucking beginning. Everything you know is probably fucked up and wrong. And, uh, so. From that (laughs) perspective, you can begin to try and build some sort of coherent story that might
0: work. Mm. Through the many people that you have talked to, I mean, obviously, memorialized in the Gendo recording, how many scientists have you spoken to through those recordings? Mm. Um well,
1: I'm going to use a loose definition. I, I consider myself a scientist, although I don't have any degrees in it. Uh, not very many. Yeah. Yeah, not very many. I don't know. I could probably count
0: them on. A couple. Well, and. You've had a few think, academics, but they've typically not been scientists yeah. of any description. Yeah. Uh, that, I, you know, I really don't know. I think it's possible. I've talked to a lot of people, mm.
1: and it's possible that some of them were, and we just never got around to that. Mm. But, um, yeah, I don't think very many.
0: Yeah, because I think this kind of exploration is distinctly lacking in, you know, I mean, there was a time, particularly in Europe, where you had to do philosophy as part of a science degree. and
1: Well, they're doing it anyway. They just don't. Oh. Well, yeah, they just don't <laughs>
0: understand. <laughs> they're naive to the, uh, yeah. to the philosophy. Well, I see experience. that
1: scientists as one uh, marketing group for Gendo. Definitely. You know, yeah. and it- <laughs> You know, be real useful. Mm. Just the five stupidities. You know, yeah. just just real simple, no philosophical bullshit. Just 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 take care of these five concepts, and you will be doing really well. Yes.
0: Yeah, I certainly. I mean, in my professional life, I've talked to a few colleagues associated with the stupidities. The easiest time to do it was actually when I was leaving Las Vegas and came here. <laughs> because uh, yeah, I knew I didn't yeah, have to interact yeah, with these yeah, people
1: yeah. anymore. Yeah, right. You could just let it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: well, that must have been fun. It was. In fact, we talked yeah. about it at the yeah. time as being fun and actually yeah. quite interesting.
1: Yeah. And you probably found a few people who uh, were of a like mind. I would imagine.
0: I found people that had never heard of this concept before, and when I told, when I explained it to them, this concept being the voice inside your head. Is oh, okay.
1: You. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think most people have really ever thought about no. it. No.
0: No, and but, say, but,
1: what, but what is their reaction once they think about it?
0: Long periods of silence. Ah,
1: good. That's the proper response. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, or pondering,
0: like really pondering. Like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? And then realizing that the voice pondering, they're pondering, is probably yes. not them. So what's yeah, this voice yeah, doing yeah. there anyway? You know? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. It's uh, it's really a rude awakening mm. if you if you're lucky enough to get it. I mean that's the thing is it's so fucking obvious. Mm. You know, that it just comes to you. Mm. You know, there's nothing I can do. Mm. As a writer,
0: I can take responsibility for what I write. Yes. But not what I speak. Yes. Yes. It is strange because professionally, in particular, the people that have managed me, the ones that I haven't got along with have always been very caught up in their own story. (laughs) well but that's everybody no it's not actually actually there are certain personalities yeah and i think okay yeah yeah it's what i would consider not necessarily utilitarian but um survival can present itself in many different forms and the survival of you understand reality and you understand your place in reality has always struck me as the most curious form of Well,
1: that all hinges on the particular definition of I that you're operating on. um, And that that never gets questioned.
0: Well, (laughs) almost never. Yes. Yes. I guess within that, the term relativism is never really used in these discussions, but I guess the managers that I've had that I've preferred have had a a relativism to them which makes them less grounded in their own particular... They can accept exactly. uh, these kinds of ideas. Well, they and, can accept yeah. they can accept a multiplicity of solutions and yeah. a pragmatism, which is ultimately yeah. necessary. Well, that's yeah,
1: know. that's quite advanced. Yeah, that, uh, that's good. That's yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, you don't run into that just every day. Well, I
1: think. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe you do in a good company. I guess they have a way of finding. Yeah,
0: they have to people. find these you know these qualities and advance them accordingly. And do you think that happens? Yeah, I, I, it's interesting
1: actually. And do you think they know uh, what they're doing with this? I think on some level,
0: there are company cultures that allow for these kind of people to thrive, and then there are company cultures that don't allow these kind of people to yeah. thrive. But yeah, saying talking to people about false memories, and I remember actually when I was about nineteen or twenty, there was a family friend who talked about false memories. And I remember not feeling uneasy about it, but just feeling that this was a topic that kind of cascaded, I guess, in my life at the time. That my life, my existence, my whole being in Australia was based on a concatenation Mm -hmm. of false memories. Sure. Well, but I I wouldn't
1: even... What's the difference between stories and false memories?
0: Uh, I think stories are... Are acceptable on a certain level. Stories are ex, well, they're both terms which could be used interchangeably. Let's oh, see, say,
1: I don't think that could. Well, you could, but, yeah. uh, uh, but then which of those two or how, you know, what's the definition that, that encompasses both of those?
0: You could say, well, I mean, it certainly again, gendo student might say that stories are the fabric of. You know, existence in societies. And false memories, however, somewhat unlike stories, I guess, relate to point. Well, they're stories too. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm arguing that stories and False memories are interchangeable. You're arguing that okay. they're not. Let's well, let me. Th-
1: I'm, I'm let me... really. I'm not really arguing that because I haven't considered it. That's exactly carefully. what I'm stating
0: explicitly yeah. here. So that's why I'm saying yeah. it out
1: loud. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I wouldn't go that that far.
0: But but I'm leaning that way. Yeah. Yeah. So what qualities do false memories have that stories don't have, or vice versa?
1: Well, it seems to me that. Well, it depends on what you mean by memory. You know, I mean, memory is a slippery term. Mm. Jesus. I mean, what do I do if I try to remember my high school graduation, you know? Well,
0: you've recounted it a few times. Yeah, I
1: I? I know. But, I mean, it's just just an exercise in accessing some language story,
0: Mm.
1: you know? It's just a fucking – it's just a story. Mm. There's nothing there, Mm. (laughs) you know? I mean, maybe there is. I don't know. I mean, you can assume there is, but I don't see any need – uh, for anything more than just a story, the question is: How do you relate to the story? Mm. You know what? What uh, you know? What kind of? We're looking for what kind of? <laughs> you well, know, whatever. Qualities? Mojo. Yeah. Well, something. What? What compelling? what is does? it have anything compelling about it that makes you want to apply those stories? Mm. Without, without uh, necessarily believing that they are the truth. Yeah. You know.
0: If the gentlemen you met recently, were they part of your graduating group? Oh, the, the high school thing? Yeah. Then? Yeah, right, yeah. They were the same people? Yeah. And in seeing them, I mean, it's interesting, actually, because most of, most of the things I reflect on, aside from my parents, are associated with people that are now deceased. Mm-hmm. And it's particularly interesting, actually, going back to Australia, the areas that I grew up in, the areas that I spent time in, Because they're all now, almost all completely different now. Mm. I mean, they've had 20, 30 years of complete change.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So my perspective with regards to this, and particularly being so far away from it all, is that it's very easy to think of it in terms of stories. However, in the case of my spiritual advisor, we've spent 15 years together. We've had a number of shared experiences. Mm -hmm. But she also has a very unique experience compared to my experience. Yeah, yeah. she's got her own story. Part of the fun is actually trying to unify all these threads that go in all different directions. It's very rare that we actually have similar perceptions associated with things that... Yeah, it can be very fruitful. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, when when people aren't stuck in their story, then they can share their story, you know, because criticism is not an issue, you know.
0: Certainly, yeah. But I guess the returning to the notion of the false story. Uh, And what's the difference between a false story... Sorry, I'm not a I'm, true story. I'm using yes, I'm using very bad terms now. I'm not even using the original terms. The term was false memory that I was starting this thing with. Okay, um, yeah.
1: a false memory. I mean, I, I mean, on a simple level, you know, you went skating with somebody and had a bad experience, yeah. but actually, you never did go skating with anybody. Yeah. And yeah, you you know, it's some movie you saw yeah. or something or other. Or I mean, it was
0: a period of time when neither yeah. of my brothers had come to the U.S., and I would occasionally think to myself that my brothers had been in the U.S. with me at various points at time.
1: Ah, you know, let me just listen. I would I would say that there are different kinds of stories. Mm. And in some cases, how bizarre they are is really important. Yes. And in other cases it's not necessarily important. Uh, There may be some other factor that that makes it a workable story. Mm. So it's not at all clear to me When I hear weird stories, you know, just what to make them, because I know my stories sound pretty weird to some people, Mm. you know.
0: Yes, through this recent thing with the local council, what have you, I realized that my time at the YMCA, the Leicester YMCA, was actually transitional housing, and our listener Gabriel reposted the YMCA video that he put together of me recounting these stories there were actually probably, well, they are quite traumatic stories associated with living in a horrible place that have been yeah, caused by yeah. a variety of factors. And I thought yeah. to myself, you question various points in the story because you just thought they were so outlandishly funny that I must have made them up. <laughs> and I think <laughs> the thing that struck me through that was actually the ability to make humour out of something that is really quite disturbing is a skill that enables, you know. you know... fiction
1: and truth are not all that easy to distinguish. Certainly. You know, <laughs> once you get it in the language machine, yeah. uh, you're no longer dealing with truth. You're dealing with language. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's a whole different thing. I mean, I, there are a few stories I've told my enlightenment story. <laughs> Which you is know, all based so, on... Some, yeah, I've told it so many times, yeah. I just remember the story now. Yeah. You know, I, I have no idea, really. Yes. You know what? It seems to work as a good story.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, know? it's got breasts in it. All yeah, good stories yeah, have breasts. Really, yeah, in it.
1: it's got breasts and it's got enlightenment. Yeah. And, you know, what more could you want? Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah.
0: So, yes, an interesting thing happened this evening, actually, which fits into this. I was uh, working at a strange. Well, I wasn't even working there. I went for a meeting at a strange fruit factory place there's an outback steakhouse on the corner there and I haven't been to that outback steakhouse in years in fact Wozniak and I and his people used to go to that outback steakhouse quite frequently so I agreed with my spiritual advisor that I would you know go there and have a cold drink while she did what she was doing and we'd meet there turns out she wanted to have dinner there so we moved to a booth and had dinner there About two or three recordings ago, I talked a little bit abstractly associated with one of our listeners or, you know, what happened associated with my time with Wozniak. And I think it's interesting to me because people listen to these occasional discussions associated with this much lauded individual and think, well, how much time could Tom have actually spent with this individual? When actually I spent probably, you know, one meal in five with him over a period of time of about... Well, a year or more. And I spent an inordinate amount of time with him and even more time with his people over that period of time. But it was also a particularly nasty period of time in my life. There wasn't a lot of positive stuff going on. And the fact that I was spending time with this individual while all this other stuff was going on seems to, you know, just... Yeah. S- something coloured of, it somehow. Coloured it, yeah. You know? yeah. But it's interesting because, I mean, certainly it's been said, let's just put it that way, well, how, how much of this thing is actually true? You know, how much of this thing is actually the case? So because that's the not the question. Tom talks about it. It strikes me as quite. There's only interpretation. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, let's get Steve on here. <laughs> let's see what he has to say. Yes. Let's see what he has to say. He didn't turn up to the Outback this evening, unfortunately. But yeah, we don't, um, we intentionally, actually... There was a barbecue place that we went to quite frequently that Steve and I would go to quite frequently. And I actually liked the barbecue place, so we continued to go there. But, yeah, I haven't seen him since I've been back. Don't really care whether I see him or not. But um, it is interesting that in this discussion, in this broad kind of conversation that we have, that individual listeners can take certain itemised bits away from the discussion uh, and treat it as they will. Do you have anything more to say about false memories?
1: Well, memories in general are interesting. Mm. You know, the idea of false memories sort of implies that there are true memories. And that...
0: uh... Well, here's, here's the distinction. And I wouldn't say that there are true memories. I would say that there are memories and false memories. False memories are memories that demonstrably... Are not true. Okay, so basically something that you say happened and
1: 19 other people in your life say you're fucking crazy. Here's what's more happened. interesting. It's something okay. that
0: you say happened and then you discover actually couldn't have happened. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. anyway, you end up convinced. Yes. That uh, I'm trying to think if I've ever had anything like that.
0: Well, this is where it gets interesting. This well, that I- was
1: what happened to me when I was 21 yeah. is that I realized that fucking everything I knew was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, all in one, all in one, just big slice. Yeah.
0: The account of, (laughs) the account of Mick Jagger dancing on the tongue of a whale Mm. was so impactful to me. It's actually been something that, in times of turmoil and and treachery, through my past two weeks, <laughs> I've put that image in my mind, particularly ah. of all the hair and stuff. Oh, it was awesome! It and was, I think that idea, uh, and yeah. if it's taken us five years to get that out, idea out to the general audience, <laughs> it has been well worthwhile. Nick while Jagger to come dancing
1: to that. on the tongue of a very bizarre whale. Yes. With an audience of hair and, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. It was, um, well, it was uh, the beginning of a new life for me. Mm. I mean, I'd never, that was the very first time I smoked marijuana mm. and I never got over that. Mm. I mean, once I saw that, I realized, holy shit, <laughs> you know, Yes, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: As you should do. As you yeah. Should do. Yeah.
1: It was awesome. Yeah. And it got even better too. I mean, you, you know. <laughs> over the next couple of years.
0: uh, The quality of your hallucinations improved, is this what you're saying?
1: Well, no, the quality of my life improved. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I don't think – I've only had really severe – well, not severe isn't really that word, but, you know, compelling hallucinations, let's say. Uh, Not more than five or six times. Yeah. You know, I've had some pretty interesting stuff happen, but, you know – yeah, that, that that's kind of rare. Yeah. yeah, my actual experience with drugs is is really not that much. Yeah, you know, most drugs just don't even work on me.
0: Yes, yes, it's interesting actually because your account of Mick Jagger on the tongue of a whale and the hair and you floating above it.
1: <laughs> yeah, right in the middle. Yeah. 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 Even
0: though, awesome. yeah. Even though, well, I was, it's the kind of thing you see on MTV now, though. I don't think you see it anymore on MTV. Well, well Maybe when I mean, you had the the television, idea of
1: the camera above the yeah. crowd
0: and and, yeah. uh,
1: and viewing the stage from the middle and yeah. and everything. That's that's an old idea now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was. I mean, although I had absolutely no substances. That was my experience of the Grateful Dead concert as well. I had planes flying overhead, which almost a kind of visual image of the whale reflected on me, but also the external observer looking down and all these kind of things. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it is an image in my own mind. It's certainly, you know, it has a familiarity to me, particularly having been to the Grateful Dead concert. It's like this um, kind of synchronicity that if I hadn't been to the Grateful Dead concert, I might not have had the same reaction to your description of Jagger... Uh, yeah. You know, in the concert, but having yeah. been to the Grateful Dead concert, having had that experience, I now yeah. see immediately what that thing was. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Although it wasn't hair, it was just smoke. Well, yeah, Day it, Day yeah, concert, yeah. Well, yeah.
1: there's some, there is some essence or something like that of the '60s and yes. acid and all yes. that shit. And yeah, it's still there. Yes, you know, I am feeling much better now.
0: I would imagine you would be. Yeah, yeah. In some recordings, I have a greater sense of your consumption of cannabis and it's interesting actually because in some recordings and particularly in the re-listen, i mean often live i don't hear it but i'll hear your light of flint and i'll hear various other things which are like clear indications yeah and it's amazing how little you cough as well well i take really tiny hits yeah
1: you know just little little tiny things you know yeah Yeah, if i cough i took way too much (laughs)
0: yeah
1: that's no good
0: so my second topic is associated with what I'm calling planning for something different, <laughs> which is, I think, actually a very difficult skill. I mean, when I t- talk to people in the community and when I talk to you know, some of our l- younger listeners and these kind of things, being set in a story ultimately can cause a lifestyle that doesn't afford any form of change.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for most people. Yeah. I mean, th- they got a story and they maintain that story for the rest of their lives. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's who I am.
0: And in my own experience, I mean, particularly doing things like leaving Australia, but really any form of international move is always something that people some people just can't understand because they've never they've never had the concept of changing large portions of their lives for any reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's um yeah, you're right. Uh, most well, some people have it thrust upon them, and it's usually a negative thing, yes. so, so they don't like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or know, they tell the others that it's a negative of, thing, which just keeps everyone on the same well,
1: page. Well, whatever, but you know, they, they didn't relish it. Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't seek it out. <laughs> you know? Yes.
0: Yeah. But teaching that skill, teaching the skill of projecting yourself somewhere in the future at some different place or doing something completely different and then motivating your movement towards that, particularly... Yeah. This whole notion of leaps of faith, which could, you know, describe a wide variety of these circumstances. Yeah. But when you leave, yeah. you know, one nice, defined, comfortable space to another potentially chaotic space. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's something not to be taken upon lightly.
0: Well, it's interesting, actually, because I think there are certainly skills that people can... Either improve or at yeah. least create in order yeah, to assist yeah. not being so stuck in your story. Yes. That would be really helpful.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, is getting that your common story is just a story that you've you're comfortable with. You've been anchored to it for a long time. Yes, uh, but that's all it is—just a story you've become anchored to. Yeah. And maybe it's time to change it. Maybe not. Who knows?
0: I've not seen this. Although I see it all the time, I've not seen this embodied so heavily in an individual as I have in the Operation Christmas Train Set fellow. I mean, his time in Portland was the first time he had ever left his state. It was the first time he'd ever flown. It was his (laughs) first time ever interacting in these circumstances. I mean, he was really very curious. And then to talk with him candidly and to hear his internal dilemma, particularly his fight with himself associated with making these kind of changes, was quite on one side kind of heartwarming, Another on side kind of heart-wrenching yeah. associated with the fact that he is probably a good majority of homo sapiens out there associated with appalling conditions, appalling circumstances, and then this narrative which doesn't allow any chance of change.
1: Yeah, it's sad. It's, uh... Yeah. Yeah. See, I... Well, you know, it just seems that some people are ready and some people are not. And y- you just have to try to tell the difference.
0: An interesting statistic associated with the homeless population is, well, there are two interesting statistics within this. The first is that the reason that the homeless population is increasing rapidly is because these are just people that are being priced out of living in the area. Yeah. The influx of, you know, money and what have you. Yeah. Means that, yeah. Yeah. And because they don't have a mechanism to actually. I mean, I've moved on at least two occasions because I couldn't afford to live where I was living.
1: Yeah. That makes perfectly good sense.
0: But uh, <laughs> there appears that there is a group of the community, and obviously. But yeah. I've done this also <laughs> at times of poverty <laughs> as well. So I haven't just done this when I've had money to move. I've done this at times where I haven't had money to move. Yeah. I've just had to move. Yeah. And it's interesting, actually, how do you. If you have a group of people that cannot fathom that and cannot enact that for a variety of reasons, how do you actually teach that as a skill in order to enable them to get in a position where they can live somewhere they can afford?
1: Well, again, to me, it's real simple. It starts with language itself. Yeah. You know, they've got to break the identification with the voice in their head and yeah. start listening to it and tagging it and deciding what makes sense and what doesn't. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not a simple answer. It could take a year or two, you know, or longer. I mean, who knows, you know? Yes. The insight comes in a moment. I mean, when you really get that the voice isn't you, that, that can be quite shocking for people Yes, <laughs> you know, and memorable. Yes. But, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, it's just a, a distant memory. <laughs> I guess <laughs> you know?
0: it, when you're dealing with such, a, and I'm going to use the term volume here, volume of people. And also, the people that are supposed to be tending to them are caught in their own, yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing oh, is, yeah, yeah. is no hope. The,
1: the, the present system is is just yeah. is completely unworkable. It's not. It's failing, and it's going to continue to fail. Yes, there is no question in my mind about that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we don't need to know that. We don't know what's going to happen.
0: I guess certainly for our listeners, our younger listeners who are considering changing their locations, changing a wide variety of things in their lives and are missing Mm. this, this you know, ability, this whatever cognitive ability or what have you, I think demonstrably you can find people who have done this and have survived and have actually utilised this as a means of you know, thriving in other environments.
1: Yeah, yeah, but again, that's those are those one in a million
0: things. You well, know? they don't have to be one in a million. I mean, okay, one in a hundred thousand. well, <laughs> you see demonstrably that it's probably about one in a thousand. Okay, I mean, I'm whatever. Yeah, with that yeah that's fair
1: enough. Okay, I'll go for that. Yeah, and within this, yeah, trend, for some people, yeah. you're right. For some people. Uh, it's just about getting it, yeah. you know, it's just that simple, you know, you yeah. see it and you are no longer the same person anymore, Yeah, you know, and that's, yeah, that's just <laughs> what it is.
0: <laughs> Certainly. I mean, I guess through the past five years of discussion, we've talked about ideas that are assistive in this light for people. And maybe it's something where we could have an archivist or someone go through. I mean, I mm. certainly have favourite recordings where we discuss this at greater length than other recordings. Maybe yeah. we need some.
1: Index. Oh, it's in there somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I mean I would covered. certainly
0: encourage our <laughs> listeners who have an inkling that they want to do something like that, but really don't have in their communities or in people that they have access to any idea of how you actually start doing that. The Stone Ape Archive provides a pretty good account of a, a variety of different
1: do you have any suggestions for which ones might be, be, uh, no, it'd be good if you maybe marked some.
0: Yes, if I was prepared for this, what I will do is I'll do some homework and make sure that I find those and yeah, return yeah. with a list of numbers. What that might,
1: would be really welcome. What that I, would I might be actually so do
0: is put them on the one of the, I'll put them on the Stone Ape archive page and I'll just say, for. And in fact, this is actually a very interesting way of, uh, Dissecting our recordings Mm -hmm. in a meaningful way. For folks listening to us, wanting to escape, listen to these. For folks wanting to understand language machine, listen to these. For folks wanting advanced topics, listen to these. For folks wanting, and that way, as an introduction to new listeners, they can at least come to this thing. Yeah, it'd be good to have multiple uh, playlists. Exactly.
1: And plus the, the, the total playlist. Yes, yes. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you just don't have to choose. You know, you can
0: have it any fucking certainly. One. Well, I mean, if you've got the time, you can listen to everything, and then Well, you know,
1: yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Yes,
0: as I am also slightly suffering from uh, <laughs> at least some nasal related thing, I just have one remaining topic for this evening, and then maybe we can wrap, or maybe we can yeah. go to our prospective beds and call it a night. I downloaded and installed the new Mac operating system. Mm. And mm. I haven't had... I've had pretty good exposure to iOS and other yeah. stuff that Apple's put out. But for this release in particular, I've had no exposure to any of the betas of El Capitan. I went to yeah. WWDC. I saw it announced, what have you. Yeah, I got no Blake running in literally less than a minute. In mm-hmm. fact, I didn't need to change any code at all because I, mm. I was already... I should point out, I was already developing... On the El Capitan Xcode. I just didn't have El Capitan yeah, installed. Yeah. There's a feature that puts Noble Ape into full screen, which is just a literally a buck click. Normally I had like sizable windows, but this puts Noble Ape into the full screen. Yeah. And this made me realize that I developed a bunch of software about like creating an operating system around Noble Ape, maybe in the late 90s. And the full screen version of Noble Ape that El Capitan does it with a single click makes all that stuff very, very real. Yep. And I'm going to dig up that software and actually put it into Noble 8 just to show yeah. that actually Noble 8 was more than just a simulation. It was a broader kind of accessing information philosophy thing. And, yeah, it reinvigorated me in a really very curious way. With software, I mean, I've been doing some development of Noble 8 recently, but it hasn't been my focus. So in an instant, I returned to myself in 1999 thinking, wouldn't it be great if this was like this? And then it was like this, just with a click, and I thought to myself, "That's pretty magic,"
1: you know. Yeah, <laughs> it is indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. and I've got a Retina display. Would it take advantage of that? Oh yeah. Holy shit!
0: So yes, no. It's- yeah,
1: you need to get yourself an iMac with a Retina display, I do. and the and a uh, laptop.
0: Yes. So- Well, in I guess my great concern is I'm in circumstances continuously where I have more access to computation and bloody smart people than I've ever had through any of uh, my life.
1: Yeah, that's cool and good position to be in.
0: It's more than a good position to (laughs) be in, and yet periodically I see these little slivers of a prior Tom wanting to have what I have currently, but wanting to take it in a completely different direction. And it's interesting, because you have to, again, returning to this notion of faith here, not being non-ecumenical, non-religious faith at all. To stay in the circumstance that I am in with these slivers of past Tom is very, very curious. i talked a little bit associated with Kickstarter and, uh, I floated in a short funk. Um, the thing I want to do with Noble Eight next year is re- record and produce and put out. Uh, it's. People no longer say CD. Music is no longer contained in these old formats. CDs, DVDs,
1: no, man, everything's off the web.
0: Exactly. That's exactly the point. So it's a series of recordings.
1: It's streamed, actually. It's just a recording. It's fucking MP3 file Or
0: YouTube or whatever. Whatever. So, yeah, so a series of recordings associated with 20 years of Noble aid. And I've started tinkering in that realm, although I haven't had a lot of time to tinker. I'm going to allocate time in the near future to do some tinkering, it looks like. Uh, but the software part of Noble Ape, in an instant, returning to Tom sitting in a shed in Canberra, Australia, with absolutely nothing but hope, in an instant, just by clicking a button in the software. And I thought, that is so unexpected. <laughs> yeah. But at yeah. the same point, exactly what I like to leave, these little seeds in time that can be instantly... Yeah. Picked up again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I remember um it was years ago when you know, when there we were they were still IBM processors, mm-hmm. the sixty eight oh four oh yeah. and all, yeah. all all those things. There was yeah. one upgrade that just blew me away. There was some artwork that I was doing. I was doing fractals back yep. at that time. And some of these images would take overnight yep. to generate. And uh with the new new computer it did it in like thirty seconds. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just that one particular algorithm they yeah. just nailed. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. No, for me, there was a period of about at least 10 years where I didn't have access to the latest technology. Funnily enough, actually, it was when I stopped going to the local university and started going to my friends' houses. And then I guess I had some access to computers. But when I got the grant from the Australian Film Commission, all that grant went to buying a PowerBook 1400, which at the time was a top-of-the-line colour laptop. And that was so mind-blowing. I have told this story. I sat for like two and a half days without doing anything else. I put a pot on the stove to cook something, and the water just completely evaporated, and I smelt <laughs> the pot burning after about two hours, and I took it off. I realised I wasn't eating, I wasn't doing anything I was just writing software and, yeah. and running software and getting into this color computer. And from that came the psi algorithm, which basically Rushkov wrote about and got me back here. But that, it, that focused devotional experimentation within c- technology it was just such a focus. And you're right. It's, it's at these transitional points. Either financial transitional points, which enable you to afford that technology or these kind of things that, yeah.
1: Yeah. I look at, um, well, you know, most of my life, uh, was in extreme poverty mm. and, and I'm really surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of in awe of that. I was able to maintain <laughs> what I was doing, Yes. you know, in that circumstance, it would have been so easy to get negative and, mm. uh, you know, but the negativity
0: but, is also part of capitalism. I mean, the whole a- aspect of being negative because you're in poverty is, in fact, the ratcheting thing within capitalism yeah. to try and get you well, to work the, that that much that, harder say, for what, the cogs. And what yeah.
1: saved me was uh, that I, I I I didn't have the words for it then, but mm. that I, I wasn't captured by any story. Mm. You know, I knew that uh, that was just one way of thinking about it. Mm. Mm. Although I didn't. I didn't have that kind of language to talk about it at the time, but I had the attitude <laughs> and that, that, that's, that goes a long way.
0: <laughs> yes, It's interesting what attitude, because I mean, certainly, yeah, attitude is so critical, but yeah. it's difficult to, and it's interesting because when you meet like-minded folk with an attitude that you, either that you don't possess, that you want to possess or that you do possess, it's, what I would describe almost as being sublinguistic It's not something that you can even map onto language particularly well.
1: Well, but I think it probably has some very strong linguistic counterparts. Certainly. You know, yeah. and those can be a good place to start. Yeah, yes. no, it's clearly more than just that. But, yes. But uh, that's a good place to start. Yes.
0: Well, Heron, I am fading fast here as well. It's been an extraordinarily long week, and I'm going to be working over the weekend. But I had to do a Stone egg recording with you this evening, Because, yeah, uh, more than two weeks is just far too long for this thing.
1: Uh, I agree.
0: (laughs) Anyway, I will give you a good evening, and, um, yeah, I hope you recover from your current... uh, I,
1: you know, I've got this sneaking suspicion that I'm going to be going through some shit in Mm. the next few weeks. Mm. Hmm. You know, let's hope it's just stupid ideas floating
0: around in my head. (laughs) Yes. I'm into that. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon, Aaron. Okay. Bye. See you.